To Europe now, where Russian President Vladimir Putin's invasion of Ukraine is not going according to plan. Now, as his troops suffer setbacks on the battlefield, the Kremlin is turbocharging its efforts to win young hearts and minds at school. Lara Sonnenschein reports. Away from the front line, the Kremlin is trying to keep its population on side. For older Russians, state-controlled television is a big tool in the regime's arsenal. But TV alone won't cut it for the country's youth. Throughout last year, we saw the propaganda creep into schools at this ever-increasing rate. Dr Ian Garner is a Russian propaganda expert and author of the upcoming book Z Generation, Into the Heart of Russia's Fascist Youth. He says... As the Kremlin never planned for a drawn-out war in Ukraine, propaganda is even more important. What they hadn't really done was propagandise the idea that a major war with Ukraine was on the horizon. And therefore, within the first week of the war, they were forced to come up with this slew of new propaganda material really quickly. To really understand what's happening now, Ian Garner says we need to go back two decades, when Vladimir Putin first became president. Putin's great promise was always that Russia was going to be successful, but that Russia would have to fight for its success, that Russia would have to wage war to be a successful nation. And the memory around which he built this idea was the memory of World War II, the idea that the Russian population had to sacrifice themselves en masse. Using schools to spread this message isn't new, but Ian Garner says it's reached a whole new level. And we've seen this war cult become more and more prominent in popular culture in Russia, and in particular in school lessons and in school textbooks. The idea that somehow there is some fascist threat coming from Ukraine that is promising to destroy Russia, destroy the world, and that if young Russians don't go and sacrifice themselves at the front, they risk everything. This is, of course, completely barking mad. It's totally at odds with reality. From early on, there was a campaign of influence. In schools, almost as soon as the war began, we saw the introduction of so-called veterans from the front coming to talk to young people in schools. We've seen children increasingly being asked to perform songs about the war, to perform skits about the war and praise the war. Children are asked in classrooms to write letters to the troops at the front. When the new school year began in September, propaganda in schools became a lot more official. In Russia, in our country, what you called uh, lessons about the war, we called conversation about the important. Sergei runs a private high school in Novosibirsk. It's Russia's third biggest city in the heart of Siberia. He was uncomfortable when the Kremlin ordered schools to run mandatory patriotism classes for students in every grade. Their plans are made by a special scientific institute which works in the Ministry of Education of the Russian Federation. In the spring of 2022, when the war with Ukraine had just begun, their unified study plans were very ominous. 
It uh, talked about Nazism in Ukraine, the genocide of a population of Donbass. In general, everything was state propaganda. Of course, some students and parents have resisted the patriotism lessons, but it often comes at a heavy cost. Maria Kuznetsova is the spokesperson for OVD Info, a group coordinating legal aid for students and parents punished for speaking out. The Russian government, especially now, does a lot of things to prevent minors against participating in politics. Maria, who now lives in Georgia, tells me about Marsha, a fifth grade student, and her father, Alexei. She had an art class at school, and the teacher asked them to draw something in support of Russian soldiers who invaded Ukraine. And instead of that, she drew an anti war picture saying that glory to Ukraine. When the teacher saw that, she immediately called the police. The police tracked 10 year old Marsha down. The next day, they just went to their house trying to find anything that could be described as discrediting Russian army, for example. After that, the police also searched her father's social media and they found there some anti-war posts. They started a few cases against them on discrediting Russian army and they started a criminal charge against them based on that posts. They had to flee to another town. A few days ago, the police found Marsha and Alexei again. They arrested the father and the girl was taken to an orphanage. Now the court sent Alexei to home arrest, so he should be reunited with his daughter. But the orphanage doesn't want to give her back, saying that he's not good father, that she cannot live with him, all of that. So we do not know what will happen to the daughter. Sergei, the school principal from Siberia, says some of his students protested against the war in the early days and were detained by police and hit with heavy fines. It's just how the bureaucracy works in Russia. Some junior officer is sitting in the police department. Sergei did not want to punish his students or expel them and, nine months ago, he resigned to set up his own autonomous high school. Our college had four founders for three years. And in the middle of last year, we split the business. Now they have a separate college and I have a separate college. Sergei is one of the luckier ones. Some teachers face serious consequences for not towing the line. Maria tells me about Irina again, a teacher from Penza. Her students asked why they couldn't compete in a planned sports trip to the Czech Republic that was cancelled due to Russia's war. She didn't say that, well, you should go like against the regime. No, she was like basically explaining the situation. And someone just recorded the conversation and sent it to the police. And she got a prison sentence conditionally of five years. So she's not in prison now. She was under home arrest for almost a year. But if she does something wrong, they can send her to prison for five years because of that. Definitely she cannot work as a teacher anymore in Russia. Russian propaganda expert Ian Garner says the state is turning schools into military training grounds. Now we're looking to the beginning of next school year where the state has decided that mandatory military training will return to Russian schools. And that's something that hasn't existed since the Soviet era. It reveals something about the state, and that is that the state expects to be at war.
It expects the conflict in Ukraine to go on forever. And it is shedding bodies at a very fast rate at the front. And therefore, it needs to bring new teenage boys out of schools and into the army as fast as it possibly can. Russian propaganda expert Ian Garner ending that report by Lara Sonnenschein. You're listening to ABC RM Breakfast. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.